How's that? Okay. I've said before that parenting is the hardest thing I've ever done. And it's not because our kids are a problem. I mean, like you, I would say our kids are awesome. They do stuff that surprises me, and they have talents that I don't know where they came from. And we waited a long time to have kids. So, you know, we are really thankful that we have two wonderful daughters. But with that said, even though they're awesome, sometimes I don't feel like I'm so super awesome as a parent. It really is the hardest thing I've ever done. And in fact, it's opened up a whole new realm for me to feel like I've done something wrong along the way, okay? Because I've always got those questions, right? I mean, we have some kind of situation at our house, and and then I want to say, well, should I have said something different? Did I say that too harshly? Should I have said yes? Should I have said no? Am I as good a parent as my parents were? Am I avoiding the mistakes that my parents made? All those things go through my mind on, you know, not more than five, six, seven times a day, okay? So maybe you know something about that. Maybe those kinds of questions have gone through your mind as well. Am I the best parent that I can be? Am I even a good parent? And so we have all these questions about whether we're doing it right and opportunities to apologize to our kids sometimes for getting it wrong. And so as we come today and we think about Mother's Day, a day that for, man, for a lot of people has some baggage, right? Because maybe you don't feel like a great mom. Maybe you never were a mom. Maybe you never had that opportunity. Maybe your kids are mad at you today. Maybe There's lots of, maybe you've lost a child. There's lots of things that can make Mother's Day a pretty difficult day. So, you know, as I come to Mother's Day and think a little bit about parenting, and it's a special day in the life of our church because we have our parent-child dedication at the end of our service, you know, my goal is not to come today and say, here's how to parent, because I don't really know, okay? I'm still figuring that out. 16 years later, I feel like, I'm almost 17, I still feel like a novice at parenting and trying to understand parenting. And the truth is, If you have more than one, you already know they're so different that anything you learned with the first one, you might as well throw out the window with the second one because all the questions are going to be different. All the issues are going to be different as well. And everything you think you learned just isn't going to apply a lot of times because our kids are not the same. This, This parenting endeavor has to be customized to each one of our children. And so we sometimes think I could do better. We have some guilt. We have some guilt because we're not better. And so rather than telling you what I've learned about parenting because, well, we'd get out in about five minutes, I want to share a couple of scriptures that I think can at least help us walk through this journey of parenting together. And they're both found in the same chapter. It's the 22nd chapter of the book of Proverbs. If you'd like to turn there in the middle of your Bible, you'll probably find Psalms. Go one book further to the right, and you'll find Proverbs. Now, Proverbs is an interesting and unique book because Proverbs is really just a collection of ancient wise sayings. Okay? We don't really have another book that's just like that. We've got lots of books that tell stories. Okay? We got some books of prophecy all through the Bible, but we don't have another book just like Proverbs. While maybe Ecclesiastes has some wise sayings too, Song of Songs has some wise sayings, and in the New Testament, we could look at the book of James, but most of them are around a specific topic, or they're grouped in topics, whereas most of Proverbs almost seems 
random, except maybe the last chapter that talks about a woman of virtue. But a lot of the way through the book of Proverbs, we find it's just like one saying, and then the next saying is about something completely different. Now, the other thing about Proverbs is it's a little hard to approach, and we have to think through how we approach the book of Proverbs because of this. What we would like the book of Proverbs to be is the book of promises, okay? What we'd really like the book to be is a book that says, okay, you do this, and then this is guaranteed 100% is going to happen next. But you know, that's not really the way Proverbs worked in the ancient world, and it's not the way Proverbs work in our world. Think about this. We could come up with lots of different Proverbs that we have in the English language. One might be this. A picture is worth a thousand words, right? We've all said that, heard it a million times. A picture's worth a thousand words. Now take that saying, that proverb apart, is it literally true? Is every picture that you've ever taken worth exactly 1,000 words? Well, probably not, right? And we've all taken some pictures, maybe just in the moment that, man, you could you could use that one picture to communicate 10,000 words because it says so much and there's so much going on. It's a dynamic picture that, that shows the nature of someone or something and it really is worth way more than 1,000 words. And then there's some pictures we've taken. I've taken a lot of pictures with my cell phone of the inside of my pocket right here. Those pictures really are not worth um, that many words. Okay, so, so not, not every picture is worth a thousand words. And in fact, I mean, if we could take it apart a little further, if someone wrote a thousand words and got paid for that, and someone took one picture and got paid for that, are they always worth the same thing? Is the person buying them going to pay exactly the same amount? See, if we take it too far, the proverb breaks down. And yet, there's a truth in it, isn't there? that a visual image sometimes communicates a lot more than a written word and much, much quicker. So we're trying to say something important, but we have to be careful about taking that proverb and then going too far with it. Okay, that's a long introduction, but I think it's worth taking because the proverb, especially the second one we're going to look at today, we really, really, really want to be a promise rather than a proverb, a promise rather than what I sometimes like to call a principle. Because what proverbs really do is describe the way life works. They don't necessarily dictate what's going to happen next. They are not promises, but they show us what life basically looks like, the way it generally works. Now, let's look at the first one. These two, again, most of the time the proverbs are not necessarily related in their order. These come two verses apart. And I think it's just a great coincidence, and maybe God's behind it because it reminds us of a couple of important things. The first one is this. Humility, this is verse 4, Proverbs 22, 4. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. Now, if there's any one endeavor in my life that has taught me humility, it is parenting for all the reasons we've already talked about. It has taught me humility. And if there's any one endeavor that we would be wise to approach with humility, 
it would be parenting, right? Because the very moment we think we might have it figured out, we find out we're wrong. Like a lot of important things in life. We find out, okay, I have learned this much, but you know what? Man, I've got this much more to learn. I have figured out a few things. I know how to work with a three-year-old, but my kids aren't three anymore, right? And so we have so much more to learn. And so if we can approach parenting, like verse 4, humility is the fear of the Lord. If we can say, you know what? As I think about attempting to be the very best parent that I can be and knowing that, man, I'm going to make some mistakes, I need the help of God in this. And if I'm going to be a parent who does anything of value, what I've got to do is I've got to ask for the help of God for me to be successful at all. So if we begin parenting, like lots of other things in life, if we begin with humility, we increase our our chances of being successful at it. Because with this humility and the fear of the Lord come riches and honor and life. Man, that's all the stuff that we want for our kids, right? We do want them to be able to provide for themselves. We do want them to do things that will bring honor to them, that they'll be proud of. And we want them to have life. So that's the beginning. But then verse 6, and this is the one we quote more often when we think about parenting. And this is the one we want to be a promise. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Maybe some of you are hearing they will not depart from it, right? The old King James. We want that to be a promise. We want that to be a guaranteed, 100% foolproof promise. If I take my kids to church every Sunday from the time they're born till the time they're 18, if we pray around the table every uh, meal that we have, if we don't use bad words in our house, if we're basically honest people and talk about God enough, it is guaranteed, 100% foolproof, they're going to follow God for the rest of their lives. The problem with that is, There's enough people in this room today who can tell you I've got two kids or three kids or 12 kids, and they were all raised the same way. We did the same stuff with every one of them. And the one over here is doing great. They're in church right now, maybe not in this room, but somewhere else are already been or going to go later today. They have a deep faith. They're connected to God through Jesus Christ, and it's awesome. And I've got another child that I love just as much. Another child that, man, I thought I'd done everything I could to help them develop the right kind of relationship with God. And right now, today, maybe things are going to change, but it's not there. You see, a proverb says this is the way life generally works. If we do what this says, start children off on the way they should go, then generally this is the way it most often works. When they're old, they'll not turn from it. It doesn't say there's no exceptions. It doesn't say you'll never find anything different there. It says this is the way life generally works. 
There's a principle there, not a promise there. Now, we want there to be a promise, but we should still be comforted by the fact that it's a great principle. That the writer is reminding us that if we do these things, then there, there is a likelihood that our kids are going to follow this path. So what's the message for us? It's, it's pretty simple. Give them the right start. Train them up the way they should go. Give them the right start. Show them the right path. Lead them along the right path. As they're growing up, and, you know, where's the cutoff age on parenting? 18? No. Parenting is lifelong, right? So we keep, we keep trying to show the right path. Now, are there going to be times when, man, we get off on the wrong path, yeah? There are going to be times when our example is not perfect, yes. There are going to be times when we look back and say, I should have done that different, should have handled that in a different way. Yes, absolutely. But what we want to do is come back to this truth, give them the right start. Now, what does that look like? Three quick things I want us to think about. First of all, think about the goal. Now, I, I think this is something that lots of us don't do. Okay, we think, okay, I want my kids to be basically good people. I want them to be fine. I want them to have happiness. I want them to have a family. I want them to have a decent job so they don't move back home. I mean, all those things, right? Somebody's laughing over there. But do we really sit down and think intentionally? What is the goal? for our family in parenting? What's the most important thing that we want to see in the life of our children? Or the three or the five most important things? And are we living this life as a parent, whether our kids are 2 or 12 or 22 or 52, to reach that goal? Lots of us don't do that very often. Maybe you did when your kids were really little and you've sort of gotten away from that. I know it, it, we, I don't always do that. But I think it's good for us to sit back and reevaluate, okay, what am I trying to accomplish here? I mean, am I seriously, am I intentionally leading my child to be a follower of Jesus Christ? So that God can be at work in his or her whole life and for all eternity? Am I leading them to be the kind of person who can be a leader themselves in their families, in their churches, in their workplace, in their school? Am I leading them that way? Am I leading them to be financially responsible, to be emotionally healthy? Am I leading them in those ways? Are we just sort of coasting along, hoping that stuff will happen somewhere along the way and Maybe they'll turn out to be okay. Think about the goal, or maybe the goals. And then how does your parenting sort of match with those goals? Our children's ministry is designed to teach certain values that are consistent with the goals that Christian parents should have. We send stuff home, and it's easy not to take too much time to look at that stuff, but, but our children's ministry is designed to partner with our parents, with our grandparents, with whoever it is that brings kids, and maybe it's not parents or grandparents, but the idea is so that we as a church are teaching the same things that you as families are teaching 
so that we can get to these goals that we set for our children. And so this curriculum has a virtue that's taught every month, like honesty, okay? Or friendship, or loyalty, or lots of different things. So the idea is that we have the same goal as a church and a family, so our kids are learning the same things from both parents, grandparents, maybe great-grandparents, and the church. That's what we're trying to do. Second, don't give up even when you make mistakes. We've already talked about it. It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to question. It's easy to wonder, all those things. We're going to make mistakes, just like everything else. We're going to make mistakes in parenting. And most of us could think back to a couple different scenes in the life of our children and go, man, I wish I had handled that differently. But we didn't. And you know what? We can't change the past, can we? We can only change the future. So maybe there are mistakes there, and it's time to apologize for some of them. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Maybe there's some stuff that does need to change about the way you've dealt with your kids. Okay. But you can change the future. And so regardless of where your kids are today in their development, don't give up. Don't give up. You're still the mom. You're still the dad. You have a huge place in the life of your kids. You're still the grandparent maybe. Or the aunt, the uncle that has the opportunity to speak into the lives of your nieces and nephews, maybe in a way that their parents can't. Because most of us as parents, and we're praying that there will be somebody, maybe it's family, not maybe it's not family, but somebody that will, in a moment of crisis, speak what we would speak into the lives of our kids, right? Because they may not listen to us. But there may be that right person who's going that they will be willing to listen to. So don't give up, even when you make mistakes. And then third, introduce your kids to Jesus. Well, I think, well, I, we, we do that, right? I mean, I brought them to church today. Well, good. But we also need to be having conversations with our kids about where they are spiritually. And sometimes that feels a little weird. We don't know how to have that conversation without it being awkward. And yet... We need to be intentional about this. I mean, it is important for us to reach out and bring people to Jesus. But for many of us, our children are the ones that we're going to have the most impact on. So are we intentionally leading them to a relationship with Jesus Christ? Parenting's not easy. It's never going to be easy. Each time, each culture has its own challenges and its opportunities for parenting, its opportunities for success and failure. Each child has unique opportunities and questions and challenges, and so does each parent. But if we begin with humility and fearing God and asking for God's help, and then do our best to give our kids the right start, what this proverb tells us is we are setting them up for success, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. That's the principle, and that's what we can depend on. Let's pray together. 
God, we come to you and we're thankful for your presence among us. We're thankful for your presence in our families. And God, we ask that you would bless our families, bless us as parents, bless our children. God, help them to have the kind of relationship with you that can affect them for the rest of their lives and for eternity. And God, give us wisdom in everything we do as parents. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you know it's time for you to put your faith in Jesus Christ, to repent of your sins, and to be baptized into him. If you've made that decision, we want to give you an opportunity to respond to the message of Jesus, to do what I've just said, and and we'll walk right with you through that process. If you're ready to make a decision, let us know. Come forward as we sing our invitation.